1: The last couple of like trade deadlines, I've just driven myself crazy with like seeing all these different rumors out there and this guy's attached to this team and blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm, and I always get like, oh, like that would be sick to see him on the Bruins or whatever. And then it just never happens or whatever. So I've, I've adopted this new philosophy where I just, unless something's official, I just don't even have much thought into it. That said, because we are a podcast and we want some talking points, do you guys, do you guys feel like Bergeron is, do you guys feel like Bergeron is is, is is retiring because people were kind of whispering that the Bruins might have some burning desire to replace that and maybe make some, some franchise altering moves take it for what it's worth. But I'm just going to ask you guys a question. Do you, do you feel like Bergeron might be done?
0: It, he definitely could be. I mean, I know it's like a weak response, but I still feel like I'm at like 50, 50. I do think he's probably let Don Sweeney know by now. So you got to assume that like whatever approach Sweeney's taking is with his decision in mind one way or the other. Um, You know, Bergeron and his wife also have their fourth kid on the way in like literally any day now. And I would think that Bergeron would have made his decision before that because, you know, once a baby comes along, like, you're not, he's just going to want to be focused on that. He's not going to still want to be debating his decision on his future at the same time. I wouldn't think so.
2: Scott knows from his experience of having so many kids.
0: Got got zero kids that, that, <laughs> I, that I know of.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Uh,
0: So, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, if Sweeney is looking for, you know, a huge franchise-altering move for a center, like, if there's any truth to that, then, sure, that could be an indication, but I would say, like, Got to be a little careful because the Bruins could also trade for a center this offseason, whether that's, you know, Shifley or, Eli- or Elias Lindholm or someone else we're not really thinking. Like, Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of seems like he's going to the Kings. It seems like that's pretty close to getting done. You know, I guess things could change or it could fall apart or whatever. Um, you know, the Bruins could trade for a center with Bergeron still returning because you could just you pretty easily just bump Pavel Zaka back to the wing again for, for another year. So, you know, I think the Bruins know that they need another center at some point. And so like they could, even if Bergeron's come back, they could be looking at getting out a year ahead of that. If the right deal's out there to be made. So I don't, you know, to me, like it's not, even if they trade for center, it's not a definitive sign that, Bergeron's gone, although it certainly would lend some credence to that. But, um, you know, like I could see, I could see Zaka playing wing, especially if they, if they now don't sign Bertuzzi. Like, like, we all think that trading Taylor Hall means you know Bertuzzi gets signed next, but that's going to come in the next few days because I think if Bertuzzi gets to the open market on July 1st on Saturday, he's one of the top free agent forwards available, and I think he's going to have. A lot of offers a lot of interest and potentially get priced out of the Bruins range so you know I I don't I don't think it's a total lock that like Bertuzzi's 100% back I, I think the Bruins want to make that happen and there's a lot of interest in doing that and they will try to do so before the end of this week but if that didn't happen then like if they're still looking for a center you can bump Zaka back over to left wing and now you still have you know a really solid top six
2: yeah. I mean, to answer the original question about Bergeron coming back, uh, I just, I feel like he, he wants to come back, but maybe logistically some life decisions are, you know, impacting what's going on. I would be kind of surprised if Krejci comes back. Um, Scott, you're right about the the Zaka thing. Like he's versatile. You could play him wherever. Um, it'd be good to get a center either way, obviously if you can, but. Um, we're probably not talking about a number one like a, a really big move center um in that situation just because of the cap. though, as we mentioned before, Bergeron has been a, willing to take a really team friendly deal, so he gives you a little bit of extra flexibility in that category. Um, well and, and, and look-
0: not not to interrupt, but specifically on like the two guys I mentioned, Shifley and Lindholm, they're on pretty affordable deals for this season. and then they would need extensions. but, the cap's going to go up and the Bruins will have a lot more cap space next year. So like, like that could still work even for a, you know, a cap strap team.
2: Yeah. And the other thing I I want to point out is that we're on like a very condensed timeline here because free agency, like you mentioned, and you know, we, we only have a few days left where some of these moves can be made before, um, no, no trade clauses change and and different things like that. And and before people reach the open market and before the draft. So if you're looking to make moves that involve picks, you know, that that's coming up really close. So this was, you know, we weren't necessarily expecting the Taylor Hall news when it happened yesterday, but it feels like there's at least going to be one other shoe to drop before the draft or before the, the weekend. It, it, it would make sense if, the timeline for that so we could be on. I really hope this doesn't happen, but we've recorded before and then had to come back to the drawing board and <laughs> be like, oh, and also this person's gone now. Um, like when they fired Bruce Cassidy, uh, we had just recorded, but hopefully they, uh, they spread this out a little bit for us. But yeah, just to reiterate that the timeline, there's, there's not a lot of time to get some of this done. So this, these things can be happening this week.
1: Yeah. And, and as I kind of kicked off the speculation with how everybody just seems to be an insider these days, one person who I do put stock in what they and what they report in particular as it, as it pertains to the Bruins is John Buccigrass. And he kind of, you know. Mentioned that that he he's hearing things that the Bruins are trying to, you know, maybe do some big things. And so uh, that that was the one that kind of stood out to me amongst amongst the others and. Um, I don't know. I, I know we've had him on the podcast before, and I think we all feel that he's a very credible source, especially as it as, as has to do with college hockey and, and, and his roots to, the, to this Boston area. So, is that what, what made you guys perk up a little bit too when, when he when he started to add on to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because like the account that he quote tweeted was just a total BS account. Like it, that that account went on to like tweet something after that was like clearly just not even remotely true. Um, but if Butcher Gross is tweeting that, like, I'm assuming he was hearing something, I wonder, I wonder if it was the Taylor Hall thing or, you know, something bigger, like, I, cause I guess that's kind of, I feel like different people have different ideas of like what qualifies as big at this point, because like we've talked about trading Taylor Hall so much that that didn't really feel that big to me. Like I understand it is because Taylor Hall is a big name and Six million dollars is a pretty big contract. But it was like almost expected. Like, you know, I don't think anyone was really shocked. But does Butchergrass look at that and, and consider that big? Like that, I just don't know. So uh, you know, like it, it would is if he's tweeting something like that, it it feels to me like that's something bigger than just dumping Taylor Hall's contract, but maybe not. Like maybe that's exactly what he was hearing. And, you know, now it's happened. So um One thing I do think is I'm confident that like Don Sweeney is calling everyone and like exploring all different kinds of options. I think that's clear. Like every insider, you know, you hear from whatever podcasts or shows they're on. They say like, he's been one of the most active GMs. Like he's been all over the phone lines. And that makes a lot of sense because they're a team that has to do a lot and has to see, you know what the market is for players that he's potentially going to trade away, who's available for players. He wants to target like all of that. So yeah, that requires a lot of legwork to make all those phone calls and kind of get a feel for just for what the market is, like just what you might be able to get for your own guys, what you might have to give up for other players, you know, whether it's, whether it is a center or a defenseman or a wing, because again, They still only have six forwards under contract. So rounding out that lineup has to come from somewhere. And it's not, I don't think it's going to be all AHL rookies. Like I, I think there's going to be a couple forwards brought in, whether it's through trade or free agency somehow. So, um, or guys that they're re-signing, obviously, you know, we think they're going to re-sign Trent Frederick. Tyler Bertuzzi seems like a priority. We've, we've heard there's mutual interest in, Garnet hathaway re-signing if that makes sense so um yeah i think it, it makes sense that like there's a lot of rumors around the bruins because i think when you're making that many phone calls and talking to that many different gms yeah some of it leaks and gets out there and people start thinking oh wow they're talking to that team like who could they be targeting you know and like all that starts going and that's how you end up with you know everyone kind of tweeting like i'm here on the bruins are doing something big and it's like <laughs> Well yeah, of course cuz they're talking to everyone. So
2: yeah, <laughs> that's true I guess. If you tweet that right before uh free agency starts, then you're probably gonna nail it like just because yeah, they it's pretty clear they needed to do a few big things. Taylor Hall is a big name and um I liked him in his time in Boston, so uh and and clearly they did too when they signed the extension. So it it is kind, it is big in that way. Um he's not He's not in your top six, though. They had hoped he would be in their top six when they first got him, I think. Um, And was for at different times, but didn't end up there most of the last season. Um, I Yeah, I don't want to keep speculating, but it seems like... well, And also, another thing that Don Sweeney has to do with his calls is if he knows who's not coming back from his free agents, he's going to be trying to fill those holes. So, um, like, if he knows Clifton's gone... Or you know, name, ex-free agent, because uh, there's so many. Uh, he's going to be having to try to figure out, especially on D. If there's not very many internal solutions. Orlov as well. I hear I've heard Jones talk about it in particular a lot that they should prioritize bringing back Orlov as well as Bertuzzi. But I just feel like that's not as realistic because to have the space for both of them would be pretty difficult. It seems like unless one of these other
1: big moves were to happen. I can't wait to to tweet out hours before the draft hearing a lot of prospects on the move today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Good. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean
1: Orloff, Orlov, I like Orlov. He's not I'm not take I'm not prioritizing him over Bertuzzi. I mean, you have on the left side right now as as it stands today, I mean, you have you have Lindholm, you have Grizzlick, you have like you have Laura in the system um, and I don't know. I, I don't love the term that Orloff would get. I also just don't feel like, I just feel like he's a luxury right now. I feel like Bertuzzi's a, he's a necessity. I, I feel like Orloff would be a luxury. So. Um, yeah,
2: and Orlov mentioned in his um, getaway day, whatever, what was it called? Breakup day breakup interview. Day? Breakup day interview that this is probably going to be his last big contract. So that means it's very important for him to try to set himself up for to get as much money as he can because this could be the last big one that he gets so it seemed like that's what he was where his head was at when he was talking about becoming a free agent
1: yeah and and you know also like trading taylor hall for that for that cap relief it, it's easy to draw conclusions that it's for money to afford tyler Bertuzzi, but it's like yeah but you know you Patrice Bergeron isn't coming back for free. I mean, even if he's coming back for something small, like like there's 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 a lot that they have to move around just to bring back a couple of pieces that we still take for granted, like Patrice Bergeron. Like we all right now, we kind of talk like, is Bergeron coming back? Yes or no? It's like okay, if the answer is yes, for how much? Now he'll probably take a discount, obviously, but they still gotta find that room. So it's so it the Taylor Hall was like it was very very necessary to 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 move that that salary cap for. Yeah, the prospect of Bertuzzi, but also for other things, and that's that's why, like on the back end, um, you know, honestly, I, unless you're Charlie McAvoy or David Pasternak, I just I have a hard time saying that anybody is untouchable on this team. And if there's a deal to be made, and and and, and you know, maybe maybe you're just more or less relieving salary. I, I don't know. I the Bruins don't really have much of an option. Like they don't have they they don't have much of an option. So. Um. yeah yeah I don't know it's a uh, it's, it's a lot, lot they gotta figure out here
2: correct me if I'm wrong with the the Taylor Hall contract being off the books does that bring them up to 10 million dollars of cap space at this point
0: yeah they're just under 11 million
2: yeah okay so, so that's that's the number that they'll be working with here
0: yeah I mean I I like Gorlock too and I think he's he, he was a really good fit and I think he brings a lot of like what they've been looking for to reinforce that left side. Um, But yeah, there would have to be multiple other moves to make to, to be able to get there. Like then you probably are talking about trading away, Lena sell to free up a chunk of money. And, you know, you're probably making a, a, hopefully a hockey trade to move Matt Grizzleg, whether that's for picks prospects, whatever. And then you're probably buying out Mike Riley, which I think, you know, may very well happen no matter what. But yeah, because then you could see a left side of Lindholm or forward. And it's like, all right, that looks pretty good. Like now you've got a really good decor that you feel good about again. Um, you know, otherwise you're probably putting Matt Grizzly back in the top four, which as we know, regular season, he does very well there, whether he's playing with McAvoy or Carlo, that works. And then playoffs, you know, he, either he struggles or he's hurt or the Bruins don't trust them and he's a healthy scratch or, or whatever. So, you know, it's Grizzly in particular, it's just such like an interesting one to me this off season, because you do feel like they, they have to decide exactly what they think of him. Like, do you trust him to go back into the top four and be a regular for you? Because if you do, then you, you hang on to him and that's how you've, you know, round out your D and then they basically have one spot up for grabs if Clifton leaves. But if you're going to be in the same spot every year where, you know, you're constantly looking to upgrade from him at the trade deadline and you, you don't really trust him in the playoffs and it's like, well, then you might as well trade him. Like, what's the point of hanging on to him if that's, if that's how you feel about him and he's making, you know, $3.8 million. Like, so yeah, I, I could see them trying to add on the left side of the defense if they especially if they do trade away Grizzly. But, you know, does that does all that come together and happen in time to sign Orlov, who, like Bertuzzi up front, would be one of the top defensemen on the market, and you would have to assume would have some pretty good offers right off the bat and potentially sign, you know, right over the weekend. Like, again, you know, time's ticking with all these guys. So if the Bruins at all have any plans of trying to sign Orlov, then the move's the moves to free up that money have to happen soon. Although I will note you can, you can go 10% over the cap during the off season. Um, People may or may not know this. So like for now you have an extra $8 million to work with, but obviously at some point, you know, other teams are going to realize you're over the cap. And then that makes it even harder to shed salary because teams know you have to do it to get to opening nights. So um, that becomes a little tougher to move contracts out at that point.
1: So do we have any do we have a breaking news sounder alarm yet for the skate pod?
2: Um no? I'll work on it. Okay. I'll work on it.
1: So basically I'll just say this: the uh the Bruins have a new new uh logo. They've they they have they have a new crest for their centennial season. It's more or less the Cam Neely, Ray Bork, Terry O'Reilly era Bruins, and this has been speculated for Honestly, dating back to last season, I remember Pete Blackburn was t- was talking about this with us on the podcast, And, um, but yeah, I, I, the Bruins are b- pretty much going, it looks like they're going to go back to the um, the the 70s, 80s uniforms for the centennial season, and likely probably after that as well, which is, we don't know what the roster is going to be next year, but they'll be the best looking team on, on ice, that's for sure, because those uniforms are the best that they've had in... In the franchise in my opinion and and i i would put them up against any any in the league or past or present
2: yeah So, ryan was that like the sounder for the emergency fashion segment that you just started
1: <laughs> yeah well look i mean i think it's uh i think there's a lot of listeners for us and not everybody cares what uniforms but um you know our listenership ranges from probably younger kids to people in their 60s 70s who have watched the bruins over eras and i think you know i think they probably think that's pretty cool so
0: Know, yeah i'll, I'll be interested great. to see what the what the jerseys look like um that this crest like i watched the video uh, just before we start recording and it it seems like the idea is it's like combining kind of all their different crests like little elements of like each era whether that's you know a color or even just like the way the um like the outline of it is or whatever so it's not the exact same as like any previous era, but Brian's right. It does look like that kind of seventies, eighties crest um, with, you know, a little more yellow than like today's has. So it will be interesting to see like, if, you know, are there going to be new jerseys? Obviously the jersey is going to look different if this crest is on them, but you know, is there like a whole new jersey design to go along with it? And what does that end up looking like? So, um, but yeah, I mean, Hard to go wrong with really any version of of the spoked B, but I do I do like that kind of look with with you know more yellow in it.
1: It's also possible that the yellow logo is for the black jersey and that the white jersey might have black on the on the perimeter. So it's I mean that's that's back and that's what they um, that's what the Bruins used to do. They used to, they literally had a different logo for home and away. Um, there currently it's the same for both jerseys, but yeah. But anyway, um, we've I mean, already been uh,
2: blessed with meth with Meth Bear this past season, so
1: well, and Meth Bear would be on the shoulder of these, I, I think, because 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 to give him another tip of the cap, but like, so Pete Blackburn tweeted back to back baseball caps with this lo- with like, and he also like somebody somebody designed Luke Luke I don't know Wosh- I don't know how to say his last name, but he designed these jerseys and then. I think where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think basically, um, yeah, I think it's more or less going to be the Neely Bork era type jerseys, which I think is, I mean, it's my favorite uh, Bruins uniforms ever, so.